This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Throughline Podcast. Another great day of the week. Excited to be back here with you, talking uh, with some a great guest this week. Coming off of last week's guest with Ira Glass, um, trying to carry that through line through this week with Dan Harmon. Uh, I'll give a little into that in a little bit. Uh, that music by Rich Trap, a good friend of mine. Um, some of you have. Mentioned you like the, the variation in music. I keep trying to find new music from people I know that I think uh, is fun and uh, different. So that was what that was, Mr. Uh, Richard Auburn Sindhu Chap. He used to be in this crazy band of like 75 people, the hip hop orchestra with full brass strings, two DJs, a conductor, seven MCs drummers i mean it was crazy um anyway always cool to check out uh new music and he always comes with uh with great stuff so uh, i hope you enjoyed last week's episode with ira glass uh love that man to death he's got so many such an interesting if you ever listen to uh this american life radio show and podcast at this point but so many great stories and topics that they cover throughout the years over 20 years and that's just an insane amount of time to be doing curating a show like this american life so super excited to have him on and i'm super excited to have huckberry back again i mentioned it before huckberry is such a great website for everything you need you can get clothes camping gear uh kitchen gear candles spices and it's not like just like this great great brands like lululemon is now on there i I don't know if they've had them before but they're featuring lululemon this week and which is you know i a lot of people think oh that's just for girls no it's not it's comfortable men's workout gear and filson i mean if you ever heard of filson jackets and gear they have great bags and stuff tons of great gear over there at huckberry.com h-u-c-k-b-e-r-r-y.com for all of my listeners you can get 15 percent off for your first purchase by using the code throughline t-h-r-u-l-i-n-e go check it out if you're uh if you're someone who likes to peruse and be like yeah i need some new gear i need some new stuff go check out huckberry.com because they got tons of rad stuff yeah i just said rad and uh it's good people that own the company over there and unique stuff gifts dad mom friends go check out huckberry.com uh i want to say to anyone in los angeles Next week, the 19th, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv, and I'm going to give away some free tickets. So if you want to email me at holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com, holidaybakeryproductions at gmail.com, just uh, go over, give a review on the podcast at iTunes, and then uh, hit me up and say, hey, just left a review, and I'll send you some tickets. I can get some free people in. It's going to be a great night. I have Fahim Anwar on the show, Clayton English, Kelsey Cook. Mark Saratella and then uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple special guests so I'm going to do a longer set about 30 minutes and it's going to be a lot of fun so that's 
February 19th at 8 o'clock at the Hollywood Improv. If you're in Los Angeles, please come by and check that out. If you're elsewhere in the country or the world, corporate on Comedy Central, I'm on that show right now, uh, popping up throughout the season. And um, that's on Comedy Central 1030 on Tuesday nights. And then uh, Crashing on HBO. I have a, I did a little bit of work on it, not acting, but... Uh, Official title, Consultant. That's Sunday nights with the hilarious Pete Holmes on HBO. It's a really cool series. Got a lot of heart in it. Uh, Corporate's dark and Crashing is bright. So both cool. I love them both and uh, proud to be a part of both of them. You can always go over and give a review uh, on the through line at iTunes uh, and hit me up on Facebook on the Facebook fan page where I'll be posting and the Crab Feast fan page if you're a crab if you're a feaster from Feaster Nation and you're over there uh, Ryan and I still post a ton of stuff to the Crab Feast fan page so please continue to be a part of that and share the episode let people know especially if you know people um, for this week especially into Rick and Morty or community or into writing this is such a, a cool episode something I like about doing the through line now is some weeks we have great hilarious comedy and other weeks we have like insightful information and there's always going to be something different and Dan Harmon I mean the guy created community and Rick and Morty and channel 101 he's done so many cool things and he's just a wealth of knowledge so I was excited to have him on this week and excited to uh, share it with you guys. It's, you know, it's a great carryover from Ira from last week. Who, Ira, more of a, a curator of storytelling, and Dan, a writer of <laughs> storytelling. Well, I mean, every time you watch a television show, it's a story that came from someone's mind, which I always think is really cool. So, uh, without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode where I sit down with Dan Howerman, creator of Rick and Morty and Community, on this week's episode of The Through Line. I mean, dude, how much do you oversee in Rick and Morty? Are you reading every single script? Are you going over through every every single thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, but it's not it's not difficult. It's not a hard job. It's 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 it's, it's easier this year than than it's ever been. Um, Why is that? Uh, because we got uh, because we learned from many years of of mistakes and kind of and we signed a really big deal that that says that's the company that we work for is saying basically it's the equivalent of tenure it's saying well you're going to keep doing this show for 70 more episodes and uh that i think getting that deal gives you some comfort it, it, it made yeah it made uh, it allows us to focus and realize that the show is worth focusing on yeah and so it made like Justin and I both simultaneously hit a point where we were like, kind of like, oh, let's stop wondering wh what the two of us needs to change about each other or ourselves in order to help the show be on schedule. Yeah, and start realizing that we're in our forties and we it's a, we did a good job, and what we need to find is a lot the people that are screaming out, let me help you, let me help you, and let them do the things that give us a lot of stress, like yeah. talking to the people who are whose job it is to say you're behind schedule and shielding us from that. But wait, what do you think being in your 40s has to do with it? Do you feel like at some point you're like, all right, I'm, I like, I don't know, it makes it sounds like to me you're like, oh, I know I, I'm good at what I do. Uh, yeah. I Even think, though yeah. you've had two super successful TV shows. Yeah, that's that's 
yeah, one of the same. Yeah, for me, that's 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 synonymous with being in my forties. For someone who's forty-four and listening right now, who is working on their first spec script, maybe that language like is really actually bumming them out. And uh, to him, I say, uh, you're a her. First of all, uh, to, to that person, I say, um, uh, uh, d- sorry about that. I'm me- I'm measuring time like that. You definitely it's a it's about it's about time put in. When I when I say I'm in my 40s, I mean I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, for sure. Even Channel 101, dude. I remember when I heard about Channel 101. So I was always impressed by that because you were doing mainly short content at that point, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing Channel 101, and remember, I remember like the first things I ever got for writing were shorts through. Do you remember Adam TV, A T O M? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Comedy Central bought them, so they like yeah. gave me some money to make five shorts. Right, and it's like it would just kind of get like washed away places. And I was in New York, and I came back, and people were like, "Oh, you're doing all these shorts? You got to check out Channel 101." I'm like, "What is this Channel yeah. 101?" And you, I feel like you just did it, and you didn't care who was watching. You were just wanted to make. Was that? Yeah. Was that what you're doing? How do you have that? Per- I can't stand people like you, dude. Yeah, but that's me. At, people who do stuff for the love. That's That was me at a very specific age, which for me was like 27. To, to me, that number means something really specific. It means that I had already come out to Hollywood with eyes bigger than saucers um, saying like, oh, my God. Um, I got a meeting with a guy that says we're going to have a meeting with Spielberg. I've already got my monster house. Like I'm working for Robert Zemeckis deal. My flavor of the day. Holy shit. I'm signed with UTA. I've got hit hit all these, hit all these things that someone might be in their forties going like, Jesus Christ, that's the first thing I need. And then I can start bitching about whatever. I had already hit those things and kind of crashed like, because you hit him so quick? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, like, like, I, yeah, we, 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 our passion, our ambition. We came out to L.A. We were very young, and we, we kind of, we, we hit this first big peak with this thing called Heat Vision and Jack, which is this Ben Stiller pilot, ninety nine. Yeah, but you didn't come out with Ben Stiller. No, we didn't come out with Ben Stiller. That's what I'm saying. Like, we came out hungry. That's insane. We came out. Wait, how old were you? Uh, twenty two, twenty three, <clears throat> something like that. From Wisconsin. Yeah, and uh, and so and so it was. It, we Schraub and I were uh, at the Channel 101 time. Yeah. That was us in a kind of rebirth. Even though compared to now, I look like oh, we were kids. Amazing. But to us, in our mind, we were, we were, we were pretty much done. Slash, in the moment, it really was like the ideal perfect age. And I really do, I, I, I do look at that era as being. Even though I'm pretty happy right now, but it's it, the, <laughs> the ratio of happiness to fucking dollars in the bank yeah. was incredible. Um, <clears throat> I, I think part of it is just that Benjamin Buttons thing when he's he's aging backwards, and when he ages backwards into his twenties, it's like they yeah. got the mattress on the floor and they're painting and they're fucking all day, and yeah. it's like yeah, it's like your back doesn't hurt and whatever. But but also it was like it was this conversation that I had with Shrab when we did Channel 101. So where did you do? How did you even start that? We that was it predates the Adam film stuff because it was um, the internet was like before Channel One Hundred One. The internet was this. I want the kids to picture this. Like you get on the internet, and it's like you go to websites, and websites are websites mean words. It means it's text. A page. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's all like a book. And there's a couple things like maybe there was something called Wikipedia. Maybe there wasn't yet, but but there were like experiments going on of like, hey, we should use this to compile things. And one day everyone's going to be here and use this for everything. But pretty much 
half of the people used email for work and mm-hmm. um, but you still had to follow that up with a phone call to because only an unprofessional would just email someone and not mention it and uh the entire internet was just words and then there was but there were the, the the nerdy people who were nerdy into video or into web encoding were n- nerds for they're always nerds for like what's kind of what's the hard thing to do and the hard thing to do was encoding and uploading video yeah. so that people could see it you know like that, that, there, there was an irony to to watching a movie on the internet yeah uh, that didn't exist that, that irony uh, uh still existed as sorry the the and uh, so we didn't channel 101 wasn't actually like it wasn't uh uh the intention wasn't let's create a website that For utilizes sure. the internet to like do the thing. It was way more about um, having these screenings in LA. I yeah, mean, that's what I was gonna say. That was the thing I heard, and uh, people would tell me when I came back, they're like, "You submit a video. If it gets in, it screens there. Everybody's there." And I'm like, "That's insane!" Like yeah. it, it was like a mini festival, and was it weekly? Were monthly. Monthly. That's insane. And what was the venue? It was. It moved around. We were. We were in the in the. Uh, in a Thai food restaurant, I think in our kind of we're at Gower Gulch. Cheek. It was no, it was like <sighs> pa- Just listen to what you just said. By the way, you go. We were in a Thai food restaurant at our peak. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I used to like I would I would be like all jazzed up after the because it was a, just this nice Buddhist guy who like owned the Thai restaurant and he owned the place next door too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you should. You see all these people on the sidewalk? Like those people would have bought Thai food tonight if they could have gotten in for our film festival. You gotta knock that wall out. And like and and he would just smile and go like, Yeah, it's great. People come in, they they like they like the movies and then they leave and you know, I'm not really here to like make a bunch of money and all this stuff. And I always like I I, I remember thinking and going like, Okay, cool, not wanting to insult his philosophy of yeah. life because he was letting us be in a place for free and use his sound system in his screen but i remember in the back of my head i'd be thinking you're a fucking idiot yeah you fucking idiot <laughs> like, like, like you're in the middle of uh you could if you knocked that wall down you could turn this place into a fucking palace and and then and and and, and then you could be beating like improv olympic and yeah like, like like sketched is dead and videos the future and blah 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 just thinking all these thoughts that i look at now and go no you were the idiot that yeah. guy hopefully stayed that course and is happy because he has all those memories of that great time when we showed movies in his Thai food restaurant and plus he didn't go fucking nuts <laughs> yeah no kidding how crazy is that though because I remember I was just like an I was a complete idiot when I started seeing like everything internet I'm like nah this isn't gonna la-. like like a giant 70 year old dude <laughs> this isn't gonna stick around but you totally embrace it were you like an in the computers and nerdy when you were growing up oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah, I had a I had a Commodore sixty four when it when yeah I remember that like I just wanted to stay inside and yeah so and I and I I learned to interact and basically lost my virginity to like uh, both real and social like like I mean the first women that I interacted with when I was like fifteen sixteen they were they were anonymous people online they that was crazy because I had that outlet and. I, I, you can imagine me in high school. I was like, I was not a revolutionary archetype. There's three of me in every high school, over 500 people. <laughs> yeah. But the uh. difference was the time and place. It was like, oh, if you had a computer, is that like, like in the 90s? Then you, uh, like, like it was like, oh, there's a new way to be a nerd. There's a new way to be. Uh, 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 
introverted and yeah. afraid of everybody in the real world but and this one involves possibly talking to people and yeah. connecting with them instead of just like dragging a knife across a headboard and like preparing to <laughs> yeah to, to to teach everybody a lesson yeah but were you doing like uh like i always love that stuff i just don't have a brain for it you know what i mean like my grandfather like would he built a camera when he was 12 mm. and had a video camera were you doing like robots and stuff like that i was i was big into programming <clears throat> like i was I, I loved like uh on the commodore 64 you could easily just break out of any program that anyone had written if you were just like sick using other people's programs you just hit a hit hit a couple keystrokes and it would break the program and you could now list the basic programming language which was very basic and like you could you could change one thing like you, you could say if you didn't know what a four next loop was it would say like 4t equals 1 to 500 then do all this other shit and then and then next and then it's like what if i change it to 300 and then you run the program and some crazy shit happens either an error or where there were 500 spiders there's now 300 so you go oh that 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 t is spiders oh my god so you were like self-teaching yourself by going through and just trying things yeah and it was like driven by it was that that was just like a kind of that was that was that was following my bliss. That was like being lazy, you know. It wasn't like working hard to like do that. It was like what I wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. Because um, when I met you, you remember when we met? We met up in Portland, and we said we were both drinking Negronis. That's right. And okay. We, yeah, yeah. And we end up going on a bar crawl yeah. for a while. Nothing about you says structure to me. <laughs> Nothing. Yet yeah. that's what like you define yourself by almost is structure. No. Uh, yeah. At least in writing and storytelling, like I'm, I was baffled to know like how much structure plays into what you write. It's because of uh, it starts from this place of laziness. Like it starts from w- wanting so bad to be the guy that like writer guy from TV or movies from mm-hmm. the '70s. That's like the Oscar Madison like schlubby guy. The guy like you and I are like yeah. the way we met. Like like that was me that's me like enjoying life a hundred percent we just were drinking all day and like (laughs) and eating trash in the morning just feeling good through food and so like when i was a kid the guy on tv that was a hero that also looked like that was a a journalist or he was a writer or something and like i kind of just i was yeah so i was like when i found out i was okay at like writing stuff i think i just kept going down that path of like yeah i want to be the guy that gets paid to and gets admired and respected to be this slob so then so then and then (laughs) that path leads you to hollywood where it's like oh that you're going to be the king of the slobs if you if you get lucky enough here and then it turns out no you have to fucking like like you have to take these notes and you have to figure this shit out and it's hard and it's like a 16 hour work day not a four hour work day yeah and then so then i was like why is this a 16 hour work day well because you don't know how a monster house should work you don't know what's supposed to happen next and it could be anything like how come when you watch die hard you're like i get it and uh, uh, and it's great and it's easy to watch Die Hard and it was probably relatively easy to write it uh, like did these guys torture themselves or not and th- those thoughts those obsessions of like well I'm doing this wrong I'm do- because it, I'm I'm working way too hard here yeah to figure this shit out so I was always like there's got to be an easy way to do this so that I can just masturbate <laughs> and, but the irony is like it turned into me working harder 
than I've ever worked. But it also turned into that same thing of like pulling things out, like yeah. that, that kid on his Commodore 64 going, okay, so now that I've read this Joseph Campbell book, now let me watch Star Wars again. Now let me watch Die Hard again. Let me watch RoboCop. Like, what is happening here? What does Joseph Campbell mean to himself? What is that? What is how do, how do I interpret that when I'm looking at this? Like, let me let me imagine a version of RoboCop where there is no threshold, there is no call to adventure. Like pulling things out one at a time, thinking thinking like a programmer yeah. about the movies that I loved, and then trying to <laughs> instead of looking at that like I do now, which is like, oh, you just enjoy that. I was for 20 years was like. Uh, I'm going to figure out how I can drink all day if I just figure this out. <laughs> but there had to be an element of you that was able to like find a story that you wanted to write and have a, was there just, you have to have like, there's got to be something that's instinctual or something that's like innate that allows you to just write a good story. No. Or do you believe that? No, you have to have all of these elements and follow that st structured guideline that like you've created totally the former absolutely the, the, I, I think i the best that i i've come up with when people say like how come you need to learn it if it's instinctive is i look at the example of swimming because you could be a full-grown person and like that that gets pushed into a pool you could die that way if you don't quote unquote know how to swim and yet you are fully capable of swimming and babies know how to do it and uh cats and skunks and stuff <laughs> yeah. like like and and so but it, but it's a fact that you could you could actually row a person out in a boat push them push them out of the boat at 35 years old and they would just fucking die yeah splashing around um which kind of simultaneously makes perfect sense and no sense at all it's the, the curse of humanity is that we're detached from natural life and uh, yeah, we know <laughs> another thing to extend the swimming metaphor is if while you're splashing around, you figure out the splashing that keeps you from drowning. Yeah, you 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 take it on real quick. Like you you you're like, OK, this is working. I'm going to keep doing that. And you can build upon it and all that stuff like yeah. it's, it's in you. It you it could be so not at the surface that you could die. You could in other words, spend the rest of your life writing stuff that's not real stories and it could have a lot to do with you your your actual desperation when you're in water of going like the water is my enemy i'm going to die and it's like the, the there's like a couple of things that you need to be reminded your your genes need to be reminded keep your head above water yeah so then let me ask you this within that structure you know when you're writing a story i mean where do you feel the freedom that creativity comes in if you're sticking to that structure that's 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 i think 10 years ago i would have had a different answer to that than now um i'm going to start with the easier answer which is my answer to that now it's a more frustrating answer which is i don't fucking know man the truth is like <laughs> like thinking about structure becomes uh, I, in my case it becomes it goes part from, of the creativity it goes from being yeah the thing that i'm enjoying to the thing that i obsess about to the thing that i'm railing against to the thing that to the that's just there and i don't know like who I am or what I'm supposed to be expressing in my writing. Yeah. I've been thinking for 20 years about how to write well. Yeah. And I don't, I, I watch like young people's movies that excite people. And it's just like, Oh, this is just a little poor kid eating fucking dirt and like running around. And this scene is like 10 minutes long. And like, and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, cause you, you forgot that like, you're not supposed to know all the shit that you're thinking about all the time. Yeah. But 10 years ago, I think what I would have said is, well, structure is the scaffolding. Like like even uh, 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 Frank Lloyd Wright 
dude. Um, you're talking about my, that's my dog. Even he is, I don't know anything about architecture, but yeah. like, I'm sure that Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright, no matter how lateral he thinks, no matter how revolutionary or naturalistic he, he decides to work. Like I'm, I'm certain that there's gotta be some architectural, like uh foundation foundations that no he like for instance the foundation like, like yeah, you know like, exactly. like he he wouldn't he's not gonna go like well i want to make a water or maybe he would like go like what if a house had no foundation but he's gonna find out that if it doesn't have a foundation it needs something else right yeah. like it needs to be hanging from wires yeah um so he's he's obeying the laws of architecture as much as he's breaking them and i think that that would be my answer 10 years yeah, ago yeah. which would be it's kind of like or like a basketball coach telling you you know, running the layup drill, and you're like, "How come the guys on TV don't play basketball like this?" And the coach is like, "Because you, because first yeah, of all, perfect. then he'd do a monologue about how corrupt the NBA is, but <laughs> and then, but he he'd say something like, you got to learn to learn the rules before you break them.' Or in in this in the case of your question, like, you got to know, you got to not be distracted by uh uh." by what should happen next. Here's the thing. Okay, so here's another answer to that question. I I I think that this all this talk about structure and stuff, like what 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 should happen uh it, you know, by page whatever and um if you look at that stuff as like a compass. Mhm. And then you, but then you rem, you got to remember that your job and the, the, remember my first answer to the question, the reason why I it, it, it it was sad is because you could still get lost with a compass. Like what the fuck is a compass doing to help you get back to your car? It's yeah. pointing north. It doesn't matter. Your car is in a fucking ditch somewhere. The the but here but the uplifting thing is your job is to be lost in the woods. So that's a like another metaphor for writing. Like your job, people want you lost. They want you in the woods. They want you ramboing. They want you making up new ways to hide uh defy subvert survive mm -hmm. they want to watch you cope on paper so but you're not going to do that very well if you keep walking in circles until you dehydrate if you eat the wrong berry and it fucking gives you diarrhea like they're like well i could have done that yeah so like they, i think it's like like structure is like it's a tool that helps a writer do their job, which is like put themselves in complete jeopardy and be clumsy and confused out in the wilderness. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. That's a I feel like because uh, for me as a writer, structure was always one thing that like always plagued me. I felt like ah, get out of here. What are you doing? And then. And then I started, the more I would learn about it and like understand it, then it became like almost like a lawyer knows what he can and can't do. And then it's like how you can manipulate it and weave it to fit how you want it to be. It's hard to get it, isn't it? It's like once the, the first, that's what, that's why there's a natural inclination to, to not want to open those books and shit, which I totally understand because it's, it's, it's a valid thing to think like, isn't that shit going to ruin a lot of what I'm yeah, doing? That's what I think I always thought too. And I say to those people like, uh, yeah, if you're Quentin Tarantino and you like, and, and, and people telling you how you should be doing it is only going to slow you down and get in your way. Then please keep being Quentin Tarantino. Please keep being like a wild stallion that like, like don't let anyone ever tell you that the thing you're successfully currently finishing doing should be done differently fuck those people they're not doing anything however if you're paralyzed if you are afraid to start 
like um, if you're not if, if five years goes by of you being a wild stallion, but it looks a lot from a distance like a horse in a driveway because no one's <laughs> going to tell you what to do. But you're like just same driveway five years later, then maybe why not? Why not try? Yeah. Uh, uh, ch- check out one one book because it, it you, you tried the other stuff. You tried you've tried nothing for a while. Yeah. And, and I believe me, I am not a. Uh, I'm not pedantic like uh, about it. Like I, I hate like that idea of like threshold guardians who are like you gotta save the cat by page 19 or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I. I don't. I don't truck with that stuff. I'm more like, like, like you're gonna be really happy when you see yourself swimming like and 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 let me tell you about the like you know things that are the equivalent of keep your fingers together because then you'll you'll you're when you move your arm you'll go further in the water kind yeah, of thing yeah. that's that's how i look at the kind of story circle stuff yeah like i guess even dennis rodman you know knows the fundamentals to rebounding you know what i mean like yeah. the, one of the greatest rebounders of all he was also crazy but he was unbelievable he also Be- probably knows that his opponents on the court i know nothing about sports but i have to imagine that an athlete who is trained has the also the advantage of then going like well uh this guy went to the same basketball school i did yeah. so if i'm supremely talented instead of just doing the thing he expects me to do, but being able to jump a little higher. What if I fucking went 90 degrees to the left and broke the rules that we were trained to follow, plus used my talent? It's gonna piss him off and freak him out and I'm gonna like be hanging from the rim or something. Like yeah. like these guys that are superstars, they probably they 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 they, they probably take advantage of the fact that that a professional like has a certain predictability to him, For right? For sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's that's your your audience to a certain degree. If you if you're like, have you seen this movie Mandy uh, with Nicolas Cage? Mm-mm. It's it's just it's, it's a great like when directors are just they're just like, who cares? I don't need a writer. Give me a camera, and I'm kind of a writer myself, and I'll just shoot the movie. Yeah. Give me Nicolas Cage. Give me some monsters. Give me some like, and they have such a f- an understanding of what they want to do that it feel you just sit there going like. This fucking guy is like, does he have any shame? And then like you get through that and you go like, no, he doesn't have any shame. And then you're like, holy shit, this guy's my hero. Holy fuck, he got this performance out of Nicolas Cage. Like, yeah, it it it, it like people that people that like. See, I I I always think like, I love that I love that idea of a director who saying I don't need a script, let's just go do it. I also like directors who are like, it doesn't matter how good the actors are, I just want to get this story out. Do you right. know what I mean? Like I watch, I got a chance to work with David Lynch on um, the the newest version of uh, what's it called? No, I can't even remember. But you know what I'm talking about? Twin His, Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. And I feel like that guy. I'm like, I don't think he cares how good anybody is at acting. I think no, he's uh-huh. just like, yeah, I I want to get this part of the story out. Let's just get it. And we'll move on, and that's all that's going to matter. Yeah, you know. And the weirder. And even if it's not a good acting performance, it's just going to fit because that's the story I need to get. Yeah, you can see some people like David Mamet when he directs, when he makes movies. Yeah. Uh, he uses the same actors all over and over again. And everyone acts like they're a robot. Yeah, like and a stage I, play kind of thing. And I think it's like Mamet's, Mamet has this whole thing of like how actors should act. And it's all based, but it's really just based on 
I think at the core of it is him saying like, look, writing is important. Uh, directing and acting isn't just perform my script yeah. and, and stop doing that shit with your eyebrows that distracts everyone from my dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's some 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 guys like that, and then they're like David Lynch. I think is like you're watching him be like he's like turned so inward that he doesn't. How's he gonna know if uh, Cheryl and Finn is 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 how's that even his business you know that yeah, he's thinking that he's sure. like i'm i'm like autistic i'm just gonna bang this pipe so that someone can hear it outside of my skull you know like he wants to see so, oh my god that's an amazing way to see that <laughs> so how does that work for you you di- you direct you write you've acted i mean you, you if you, your imdb page bro is longer than any i mean you have like editor on there you have so much stuff on there what is what's the thing that like i think it's because somebody gets goes back every... and adds the they add their like channel 101 stuff and then it <laughs> totally and they're like, like oh, i, I gotta get there with things but uh i i i feel i'm i'm obsessed with the 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 writing on the page um i'm learning from rick and morty at this late stage that that um i might need to let my fixation on the idea of a perfect script go Mm -hmm. in favor of making a good show because I've been noticing over these years, like that um, no matter how long I make everybody wait for me to write something, which is just me expressing my fear that I'm going to write it badly. No matter how long I make them wait, I end up, changing the same amount of shit in the edit bay as if I had just given them a shitty script. Of, of course. So I got two questions for that. One, do you find that because it's animation, you feel like it has to be a perfect script? Because I feel like live action, there's a lot of stuff that changes from the script on set where they even have writers on set being like, oh, you know what? Let's change it to this and change it. Yeah. But whereas animation, I feel like once you have that script locked, is that permanent? I mean, how often are you like changing on that? There's like different things about it that are that that panic you at first if you're moving from live action where you're like, wait, I, they they're recording the lines tomorrow. I don't know. It the, with Rick and Morty, like, for better or for worse, we we I kind of have the attitude of, look, <clears throat> you're gonna end up re-recording these lines. Just record them now okay. and like don't put your heart in it. Maybe if that makes you feel better and like. You're, you're, we, we, I'll, I'll try to like scratch record the lines with the writers so that we're not wasting actors' time. But like, we're to me, that's what animation has taught me how, um, how much you can change as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just actors showing up to a set all at the same time and then a, a, a lighting person lighting them and then capturing their performances in multiple takes which you don't do in animation, but you, but once you're wrapped on a set of a live action thing, it's like, okay, we had this event called the shoot and now the shoot is over and now we've got yeah. this footage. You can change things in that mode that you can't change in animation, but in animation overall, it's kind of like, look, these are drawings and all of these people showed up by themselves and read these lines into a microphone and the microphone's still there and the the person that drew the lines are still there, plus other people can draw them too and like, so it, you it's it's been teaching me it's it's given me an opportunity to to look at what I do and realize how pretentious I was 
in the, in I, what trying really, to get it perfect yeah because the perfect script still changes like i said as much as probably a shitty one yeah i'm not i've never like scientifically compared it but my <laughs> but what i have done is written a script as a joke in like two hours like in a sarcastic fit going like okay fine you guys want a draft here's your draft yeah and i've also taken two months and made everybody wait while I sat in my bedroom and, and smoked weed and fucking like tried to perfect the script because every line's gonna matter. And, and both of those things then go on to the next stage. And both of them to me seem to change as much. They seem to have just as many things that need to be adjusted and yeah. discovered and stuff. Do you write every day? Uh, no, I try to never write anymore. I mean, if you mean like sitting down. But I'm saying like, you know how like writers, there's always that thing like, oh, a good writer writes every day. No, you no, got to no. every day, you got to no, flip. Never, ever, no. I hate the writing. Yeah. It's the worst. It's a grind, man. It's the, the writing is awful. Why? What, what about it for you is awful? Uh, it's uh, that your job is to not know what you're doing. Like the, and not the, know the, what's the, next. It's, it's like if you, it's like, like you don't even get the satisfaction of like lifting a weight. You know, like yeah. that's hard enough. Like the idea of working out where you're like, my body doesn't feel like doing this. I'm going to force it to do it. Okay. I did one rep. That's one more than I did last time. And you can like chart your progress when you're writing. It's like, you have to decide when you have done anything, you could change your mind at the end and go, this entire day has been wasted. Yeah. I think this idea sucks. Like, your it's the work your you your job is to go up to the boundary of what you're capable of mentally uh comedically so as funny as you've ever been if you're a comedy writer your job is to go where like back where it's safe no your job is to hang out at the surf where the funniest thing you've ever done is, is separated from like the next thing you're gonna do which yeah. you haven't done yet so that's where you have to hang out all day and you have to push your head up against a wall that separates what you're capable of from the thing you haven't done yet. And and you just sit there and push and push and push. And then every once in a while, someone comes by and goes like, uh, why are you overthinking it? You know, yeah. like, like, why, why, why are you working so hard? You know, it's just, it's just, just go, just take a couple steps back and like, it's right behind you. And that's humiliating. And yeah. cause sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And uh, you waste six more hours looking for your shit three feet behind you. Yeah. It, it your job, it's, it's like, like I, I always like want people, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not like, it's not like truck drivers drive by me on the freeway and, and yell out the window that I have an easy job and they have a hard job. But I imagine in my head that, that, that a truck driver thinks that I am, that, that he would, that if we switch places, he would be sure. like the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. And I, I just like, he, I, like, I, I would, I just want to say like, like, yeah, but like to, to fucking know what you need to do next, like, is For sure. like a writer's like, but you're dream. saying that like when you're just writing it on spec, I mean, do you feel that way? Even when you have like a 70 show commitment, you know, Oh, all right. I have 70 shows to get these ideas out for me. Writing is always that like the page is blank. There's nowhere to go. If you, if you work in corporate America or, or you're a lawyer, you know, the case, you know, what you have to prove. Or if you work at a pharmaceutical right. company, you know what you need to push, how you need to get there. Blank page. You start one place. You'd have no idea where that end is going to be, especially when you start rolling. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, I, it's a, <clears throat> That's why, left to my own devices, I don't know what I would have ever gotten done. I, 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 
I rely, I uh, working with Rob Schraub, like helped me finish shit for the first time in my life because he like needed something to be done. You know, yeah. The people in my life that I have made suffer with my like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, like it's just a blank page. Like the, the like I, I owe my entire career to all of the people that I partner with because they're the ones that go, yeah, but dude, just come on. You said yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, but man, like, it's a fucking blank page. Like, it's not a fucking coffee. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah. it's just sort of like, but at, then at some point you you sarcastically throw some shit at them and go, there, fine. Can I can I go away now? Yeah. And they go, yeah, this is fine. It's good <laughs> enough. Like, like, now we can make this, you fucking asshole. Do you, you, do you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you find it like, uh, I mean, how is it like finding a partnership like that? Was it just kind of like, because Rick and Morty Man is like, what is it, by the way, about projects with you that the people that watch what you make aren't just like people who watch stuff. They're like obsessed. Rick and Morty fans are obsessed and community fans were obsessed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not unless people are like, hey, it's a great show. No, you, you gain obsessive yeah. fans. I think if I was cynical, I would say it's my insecurity that, and that that bleeds into the work. So then the viewers that are being attracted to the to the content are they can they they get they're getting that extra taste of uh, of insecurity of, of like oh this guy almost feels like an amateur like he mm -hmm. he has the sweat of my hand on this potato chip yeah, <laughs> when he's yeah. making it like I think I get the sense when I eat this chip that it was made by someone who. <laughs> Who desperately wants to prove that he can make chips or something like that. If, yeah. I, if I was not cynical, I would say I would just use better words for that stuff and say, I grew up watching TV and movies. I lived in Milwaukee. I don't know anything about Hollywood. Like I and 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 so for me, when I'm writing, like when, if I'm creating a character for a sitcom, Unlike someone who is incredibly confident and already has their their Emmy from when they were twenty five, like it, 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 and who grew up in the business or whatever, who is just like a professional, yeah. Like I, I, I knew that I was creating someone's parents when I was creating a character. Totally. Like that, this is as good as it gets. This television character is going to be the most important thing to someone this is going to be someone's inspector gadget this is going to be someone's doctor who yeah. so so like it, ha it and, and so i just not because i'm like dedicated and have a work ethic but because i'm like oh what is a it's like if you are a sculptor and you're like what is a statue it's like someone that went to statue school might be like oh well it's listen man there's no it, such thing as statue school <laughs> <laughs> it's 80 pounds of marble and and you got to start with the arms or whatever they might have like all these things but they, if you were like a if you were a kid who's who's whose parents left him under a statue when they abandoned him and you like grew up under the 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 David statue yeah. in, in the in the market and like that's where you like uh begged for spare change or whatever and you lost your virginity uh, uh by his knee like i think you it, it, if that if plus you have to know how to make a statue i think arguably maybe you would like put something into it that sure. your statue would be like i can't I feel like this dude like really thinks statues are important <laughs> yeah <laughs> <clears throat> i get that man i feel like there's a level of what you're putting out that resonates with uh because it's not like it's it's not like it's middle America. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just 
America in general. You know what I mean? You're hitting, I mean, because you know people that are like, grew up just blue collar, middle class, and then people who are like, well to do, you know, Ivy League that are right. vibing on on both levels, especially a show like Community. Yeah, and I think that yeah, it's like it's every. Was that every, luck? Do you think Community was luck, or do you think that was great writing or a great idea? Like what? I mean, what was it? Uh, I don't know. I spent a long time on that. And I, I don't mean to a, there insult was a, you, by the way. It'd be like, you no, think that no. was luck. That did no, that? there was a ton of luck involved. There was also it's that it means dead men tell no tales, and so the 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 eight or who knows how many like pilots that I've written that yeah. are like that I've taken deals with TV studios that so that I didn't have to lift something for a living I was like okay you'll give me 60 grand over the next year for me to like waste your time like figuring out how there could be a show about an elephant that dreams of being a robot or something I was like we we don't not only do we not know about those things how many of those were there before community? I want to say, like, I'm just going to take a general guess and say there's got to be, like, eight of those okay. before community. But, like, they also range in, uh, you know, to use an uncomfortable metaphor, but one that is the easiest one. is like they range in development from uh, uh, embryo to to third trimester Yeah. Uh, disaster like 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 they some of them have my eyes and my ears and some of them have uh it, it, that's it, amazing it, like like but they, they, like i'd say eight is probably roughly the number of times that i've gone into a room convinced somebody that it's worth writing a check to have me try to write a pilot for a television show. yeah and uh by the way just the way you're breaking that down is so like uh that's so blue collar right there. Like, <laughs> let me convince you to give me money when other people might grandiize it to a point that it's going to sound better than it was. But I like that you keep it simple of like, that's exactly what it is. Right. So, but you also strike me as the kind of guy that if they came to you and like, listen, we have this idea, we'd love for you to develop. And it's this crazy idea that you'd be like, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. But no, that's not the case. Uh, no, not at all. I've actually, I'm in therapy, I'm trying to, now that I have Rick and Morty and now that I'm like at this state, like the, my biggest thing is I finally am going to start saying no to shit. It tortures me. When people call me and say like, uh, like I, I'll tell you a real, I'll tell you a real one. Cause I, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. Um, just to share this example. Sure. The, the, my, my agent called me and said, and this is what agents do like they'll call you and go like look you don't uh i look i just got to throw it out there like they 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 have no idea what you're going to respond to because it's like if they say transformers like you might turn out to be the biggest transformers fan or whatever sure but you might i guess they're afraid which they don't have to be afraid of with me that i'd be like what how the fuck would you ever think that i would want to write the slinky movie you motherfucking piece of shit you know i would never do that yeah but like my 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 agent guys goes like hey i know uh you know like it's crazy but I, t I told him i'd ask you uh do you have any interest in uh uh jenga as a feature film <laughs> the jenga movie you're like hold on is it giant jenga or is it regular jenga? and i was like I, I i was like this has got to be the one time Harmon, that you could actually say just say no just say no you don't but then as soon as i feel like i'm about to say that like my older brother's voice in milwaukee that like, kicks in my I, like i 
like this idea of like, oh, you're too good to write the Django movie, bro. Like, <laughs> like, 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 kind of like, 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 what do you think you are? You know, this is going to be the biggest mistake you ever made. Or, but not even, not even about like opportunity. Like, I'm going to get rich and you're passing it up. It's sure. more like craftsmanship. Like, 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 what do you, th- who do you think you are? Like, what? Oh, oh, oh. So no to Jenga. So, so yes to what? Fucking uh, uh, Kierkegaard. Like, what do you, what do you think you do for a living? Yeah. Fucking whore. You know, like, yeah. and, and and so then I'm like, wait, no, you got to be proud of what you. And so I, I then I, and I said to my agent, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I've never played Jenga. I know what Jenga is. I, 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 I so yes, I can finally tell you. Yeah, I don't need to go in for that meeting. And then it's like, okay, yeah. So anyways, I was like, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, it's like, is it like, just just say back to the guy like. Because was he like, I want Dan Harmon to write the Jenga movie? And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, he loves you, loves your work uh, stuff. But I'm like, all right, well, just make sure, just say to the guy, you know, can it be a movie about making the Jenga movie? Can it, can it be oh, yeah. like, can it be a movie about, can it, can it be a rated R? There, I was like, like Deadpool had, had given us that language. And I think it was like post Deadpool conversation. So I was like, able, I found the. I was like, what am I trying to say? Like, cause I used to say like, can it, can Clifford the big red dog be set in the future? Can it, can yeah. it, can it have cyborgs in it? Like I would say like examples, but then I was like, oh wait, no, just ask him, can it be rated R? That's really like- Just so like, you could know that your boundaries, you have, you can stretch wherever you want. Yeah, because if the answer is no, it can't <clears throat> be rated R, then that's kind of symbolic of the fact that you're probably not gonna make the Jenga movie that everyone's gonna be talking about for 30 years Yeah, to me. Because it, it and not because I need to say fuck in the Jenga movie, but because, okay, well, that's meaning that they're, they have an agenda that is, they're not, they're not, they're not like so open to yeah, experimentation that sure. it's going to get, you're going to fall in love with, you're going to sell them some crazy idea. Cause I was like, I was like, can we do the Charlie Kaufman Jenga movie? Can we do, can we, <laughs> yeah. can we, can we, can we include this conversation in the Jenga movie? Can it, can, this is interesting yeah. because like, can we include the, 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 the 10 things that come into your head when you think about Hollywood trying to make the Jenga movie? Because sure. why would you want to pick one when there's ten or maybe a hundred? Like like all of the the, the most interesting thing about I the mean, Jenga movie is not Jenga and whether or not you nail it. It's it is the conversation about the idea of a Jenga movie, obviously. And so like, can there be cocaine in that movie? Can there be sex in that movie? Can there be can there be deep psychological fucking like can 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 a man fall apart like a tower of blocks as he's trying to build this Jenga project? And the, and the agent was like, you know, I'm going to probably not, but I'm going to throw, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say to him like what you're pitching me. And I'm like, yeah, tell him he's the protagonist. Cause like he owns the Jenga property and he's like, he doesn't want to fail. And he wants the like thing. And, and, and like, he came back like, nah, he's, he's really bummed out. But he, he, I would he, do anything <laughs> to have listened to the call of your agent trying to express everything yeah. you told him. Cause that's that's be hilarious. Is that how your brain works though? Do you drive down the street and you see a man coming out of a store with like a stack of boxes of cookies to like dressed up and clearly he's going somewhere? Does your brain immediately create the, create the scenario of where they're coming from, where they're going, and what's the story around them? So, yeah, if I'm looking at it with you, if yeah. I, if I, if you and I are people watching, yeah, then I then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be friends with you. We're gonna be the most fulfilled if you're willing to talk about where that guy's going what's yeah. going on with him i don't i don't i don't really i'd rather play video games than watch a dude load, yeah. load cookies but if you and i happen to be we happen to see a 
a weird billboard or a or a just yeah mysteries out there in the universe like who wrote this on this coaster like i, I definitely want to theorize about it and tell yeah. the story about it so back to rick and morty real quick do you find like in animation you have like a freedom because you can do anything with an animation you know what i mean you can do anything you can make someone's head can fall off you can do whatever you want or is it because for some people i feel like that might be tricky because you have to like you're living outside like the reality that we currently live in as people whereas you're writing live action it's like oh you you see it around you at all time is it is it uh something that you welcome or something that you had to adjust to um it's it's the it's the thing that i always wanted without realizing it yeah. like to work in a sci-fi universe where anything can happen because it i didn't realize that while i was i knew i knew that i'd rather write about robots than than people or like and, and I, that i'd i'd or i prefer to watch things that have lasers in them or giant insects <laughs> than just watch something like like about credit cards and trying to hook up like but um i didn't really know why and then yeah rick and morty has taught me that uh oh all of those kind of plot-based fears that you might have about a property where you're like oh man that that show stopped being cool when Mulder found his sister um uh or you know those things that are like the shark jumpers um like Rick and Morty is like we we made a decision very early into the first couple episodes of the first season. We had one conversation about that, and then we we're like, "Guys, whatever shark we're worried about jumping right now, let's just we better jump it. We better jump it so hard and so far that like that you pull back and you see this ocean full of sharks and a flying motorcycle. You know, like yeah. you just never don't stop. Like like the the problem with jumping the shark is that it is that it it's you land like the it's not the, everyone tuned in to watch dude finds soaring through the air yeah it was the problem was after that the idea that there's an after that that you've ever peaked that you can peak instead of just going we're flying we're flying and the and the and the with sci so with sci-fi it's like if you create a character that uh is like i just have to find my the man that killed my wife. I have to chase the one-armed man. I have to, I have to find my sister. I have to, or like, this is why I drink. This is, uh, this is, this is, this is the person that I refuse to love or whatever. It's like, you gotta be, you just gotta be careful with that shit in my opinion. Uh, because Dr. Who doesn't have that shit. And that's why Dr. Who has existed for, I think, you know, a hundred years. Yeah. And, uh, like, it, it, and if you if you allow your character to do anything like there was a guy on on Richie Rich the cartoon Richie Rich when I was a kid he, he had Rich. a guy named Professor Keenbean that uh -huh. worked for him because obviously someone sold the property Richie Rich like to a animation company and it was and then it was like they must have been breaking the first couple stories and like so he's rich and so he had a he had a fucking dude that worked for him named professor Keenbean, who just worked on richie rich's salary and he just made shit like x-ray goggles and yeah flying boots and stuff and i was like make a show about him like, like why does he yeah. work for this little cocksucker like, like 
like, like and, and uh like what does he want to do like 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 does he just need richie rich's money like couldn't he take it and um uh i just picture you as this young kid having angst over richie rich and your friends will love me like nah fuck that show man let me tell you something keen beans where it's at <laughs> yeah like 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 because like, yeah i and, and like what does that guy have to deal with you know yeah. like uh uh yeah inspector gadget too was a big favorite of mine and they but they would they grounded the character with his niece penny she would go like oh uncle gadget you're so stupid and you don't know what you're doing but there was this crazy story underneath inspector gadget that was like this they would make these allusions to the idea that he was once a normal cop and that he was a cyborg now because something happened to him yeah like and i, I, I was a 10 year old kid i was like wait what like like, <laughs> like is that why he's kind of dumb like did they like it was like there's this shit coming out of his head because like does he have a real brain like like, like is he is he kind of retarded because like he got fucked up like did he get like was he like remo williams did he get like fucking like killed and like they took him off the grid and like they gave him all these cyborg gadgets and now he's kind of like more machine than man and like yeah but they, like the idea of like these these things that that, that are fun that are empowering because it's like well what if you could or like the flintstones I remember the flintstones uh yeah, when, they, when the, the flintstones. flintstones jumped the shark they had they had a martian gazoo yeah like, like he would float above fred's shoulder and call him call the guy's dum-dum oh my remember god that? i can't remember like, that because hey, uh, what do you want dum-dum <laughs> and go like bonnie and i we want to go bowling but the wives won't let us because we haven't finished mowing the lawn can you make us some kind of and he'd go okay dum-dum uh, and he'd snap his finger and make a automatic lawnmower and then that would cause trouble yeah or whatever it's like so the thing is like man but the stories would be like revolved around like what about like like fred what are you trying to accomplish like it's 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 based on the the desires of a fucking guy whose ambitions are as are, are like have to do with mowing lawns and drinking beer like does fred even understand <laughs> yeah. the difference between mowing a lawn and drinking a beer isn't he just gonna complain like 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 show him getting sick of drinking beer like make that the new mowing the lawn because he's now doesn't have to like mow the lawn anymore but yeah. better yet make the show about the fucking guy that that why is that guy helping this guy if he thinks he's so dumb the, the, my my point is just like if you could like take the take the what if off the table and just say because it seems like we spend so much time on that. We, we go like, oh, imagine if you were a kid and you were running through the woods and then your dog started barking and then the dog, you followed the dog and then the dog dug up a piece of metal and then the piece of metal started glowing. So then you took it home and you put it in a flower pot and then the flower pot like started to get you in trouble. So you ran away from home. You put the flower pot on top of a, a nuclear reactor and because that nuclear reactor was part of a 1950s thing. It was like, it's like, yeah, 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 I got it. What, the kid's got a fucking robot or what, man? Like fade <laughs> in on the fucking robot. Like, 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 and, and because Instead of what, what, are explaining? We, what are we gonna explore when the kid gets the robot we're gonna explore the same old fucking shit about loneliness alienation empowerment like yeah. what do you want who are you all this shit all very worthwhile stuff and yes science fiction helps you get to the that place faster than a kate hudson movie yeah. so like so start start page one i am a noodle from fucking xenor and i can eat your thoughts and like so now tell this story i don't know like like like, like and st the thing because your original question was like does rick and does it is it does it is it equally frustrating when you sure. can do anything yeah then when you can't well it 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 it, it forces you at, as no matter what you if you if you had a show about a bunch of people basically locked in a study room in a community college 
you can do as much as with the show about the guy from outer space, but because in both cases, if you stop paying attention to what is possible and telling stories about achieving new things, when really those are just supposed to be plot devices that enable you to go to this place of like, oh, and then let's tell a story about this lonely person. Like, yeah. how, let's reveal how fucking lonely this person is. Um, you do that by finding a robot or you do that by being locked in a taxi depot with and, and having a dead end job. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's just like, the, but That's I a great like, explanation, I though. like the sci-fi version because I am always thinking of, in a, if I'm watching a movie, if I'm watching 27 dresses or whatever, as much as I like it, I shouldn't use that as an example. I love that movie. The, if I'm watching like a shitty rom-com, like that movie too. the rom-coms when they're shitty, I'm just like yelling at the movie, like just, fucking dump him and then get a job and stop it's just it engages so much of your logic like they try to in they, they they they're like oh well she can't do this or she'd be so oh boy. well they and i just can't stand when you look at it and you're like i know that they haven't done it because you're just using it to propel the story but yeah. we're already all of us are saying yeah. that's the dumbest thing yeah i'm way ahead of you get ahead of me blow yeah. my fucking mind make me like catch up to you and say, say like, what? Wait, why did she do that? I think that's why we like black comedies, like Bad Santa and stuff like that. Because at least those characters, they they do shit that's 100%, like, yeah. like we're like, whoa, why is he peeing on that thing? And like, well, okay, I get it, because he he's divorced, and you know, yeah. they get a little bit ahead of us. Yeah. So where does heart fall into writing for you? I mean, everywhere. Yeah, that's that's the, the, it's it's the, it's at the heart of it. Because <laughs> uh, the rest is just like. But is that a conscious choice? Are you thinking like, oh wait, where, or do, is it just that you know the characters so well when you're when you're telling story that it just comes out? I think do they just do the characters lead you to it? I think it's like it's the it's the thing that's always left after you talk about the shit that makes you excited and like hyperverbal. Like I just finished my fucking like like I'm always talking about teleportation and time travel and stuff when I'm all excited and, and hyperverbal and stammering and all that stuff. And then like you, you come up with these like quarter ideas like that, that w they couldn't last 90 minutes. They couldn't last a full story. Yeah. They're like, what if a guy, what if you did this and then you duplicated yourself? Cause think about it. If you duplicated yourself, then how would you know the difference between this and that? So there's like, like kind of concepts that are at, at, at the most philosophical, but mostly just, they're just like logic puzzles. Like, how would you know who you really were if, if you teleported, but it copied you or whatever? And then what's always left over is like, yeah, but so what? Yeah. And and the, the answer to the so what, it's almost like a necessary, it, it, it's, that's how I feel about it is it's like, it's an afterthought because it's what makes it a story. It is like, well, unless, unless this is, unless this, unless the guy that teleports himself and accidentally copies himself, uh, uh, unless we find out because that happened that he's racist or that uh, that he that he uh, always thought that uh, women were uh, objects and now is that or 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 that he he's too competitive or you know it's, unless unless this unless we find something out that has to do with like that human condition then it's not going to be a story. Yeah. It might make a good like pop song or a, just like a fun conversation, but it's not, how are we going to keep people around a circle unless it has something to do with like something that we all share? Yeah. Because even if the, the character is, you know, science fiction or a robot, we all have the heart if we're watching it. So you're going to need a way to, 
connect us all anyway. Yeah. Like Edward Scissorhands, maybe maybe it's a little too maudlin, but <clears throat> like imagine that movie where it's just like think about it he's got scissors for hands it's like come on like that's that's not it's a, there's a couple fun things that happen you pop a waterbed and you you're fun at show and tell and, and then it's like think about it what if he was really good at cutting hair like still interesting that you went there uh, oh i never thought about that it's one man's monster is another man's artist okay here we go so then it's about it's about alienation it's about it's about being lonely. It's about nothing to do with scissors or hands or robots or anything. It's all about just the most boring thing in the world, which is why the chick next to you in history class puked in her purse and was crying. Yeah. And why it was cruel to make fun of her. And but, but why you, you know, it's like, like it's just regular ass shit, 90 IQ shit, like yeah. expressed through 90 stuff. IQ shit. <laughs> what is, uh, what's the, what do you think is the best idea you've ever had that never got made? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think, okay. I, yeah, I think I, uh, it's, 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 it's because nowadays like people, like your average, like 30 year old will pitch groundhog day meets blank as like an idea. And so like, and, and yeah, like I had like, like a long time ago when I should have written it or pitched it or like just written it on spec. I, I I had an idea that now won't seem that um, uh, big a deal, but uh, it was it was just the idea of uh, a team of time travelers that uh, basically have to repeat the same, not the same day so much as like the same. They have to they have to repeat a couple's. Uh, this couple that's about to have a like a rom-commy kind of cute meet whatever they call it like like there's a there's a there's a young man and a young woman that uh-huh. are kind of destined to fall in love gotcha tonight and um and these there's these but their child that they give birth to is going to make hitler look like uh mickey mouse like mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to he's going to kill like almost everyone uh, ever yeah <laughs> and, and 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 like like beyond hitler even though there's no such there's no way to access it so that's one of yeah. the things that the movie's job is to do is because we think of hitler almost like dracula yeah it's like oh it's just some fucking dude who like is super evil but it's like no get i'm fucking here because it, it's like you're not allowed to fall in love with that woman because your child is gonna is gonna is gonna be evil and it's like they basically like they they've tried everything else for the rules of time travel like you can't just walk up to the guy shoot him in the head and put him in a trunk yeah um if you do that the nature of of time means that someone else will actually much less controllable circumstances will create a much worse future so it actually turns out that oh it's it's not just like oh i'm gonna do this bad thing it's like no i'm the schnook like you're picking on me because i love i I love so completely and so thoroughly that you can identify and localize the place where i'm going to fall in love and if you just step in the way and cock block me like and uh you 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 can secure yourself a more comfortable future it's like when that guy finds that out like it becomes like it's just it's just it's just a fusion of rom-com and terminator and and groundhog day kind of thing and and 10 yeah. years ago that was like really that would have been like an easy hot spec but these days <laughs> it's like i hear that pitch basically in one form or another every other day that's insane i just love that your your ability to talk 
so intellectually and then just throw cock block into <laughs> the part of the conversation. Like, imagine being handcuffed to a chair in a warehouse and, like, people that genuinely, like, that, that after a while, like, you can see that they're for real. They're, like, from the future. And they're explaining to you that that incredibly hot girl that you were just about to work up the nerve to talk to, yeah. like, you can never go near her ever again for the rest of your life uh, because you were going to have a baby with her. Like, how fucking frustrating that would be. I mean, that'd be insane. It was like, what was that? What was that walk-in movie, uh, you know, where he goes, he's like, if I could kill this guy, go back in time, but it wasn't walk-in that was saying it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh... Like in the 80s, he's going to shoot the guy who's running for senator, Martin Sheen, maybe. He's going to be oh, like. Oh, dead zone. Yeah, yeah. Dead zone, man. Yeah. Dead zone. Um, well, this is awesome, man. That was, this is so great. You have so many great insights, and uh, I really appreciate you sitting down to chat. Oh, no problem. It's flattering that you would uh, remember me and bring me in after, yeah. our, after our little day trip. I feel like I left you at the Kennedy School, or you left me. Like we, we, we yeah. split up there. The we, great. We, Great thing about that spot is there's four bars in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, my thanks to Dan Harmon, just an awesome guest. Uh, so much information and so much insight. Uh, great guy. Great to sit down with. Uh, next week, we'll run that through line through. I don't know how yet or who it will be, so tune in and be sure to share this episode on social media with friends, family, email, however you do, go do.